Hey there, Freedom Fighters. My name is Andrew Warner. I'm the founder of Mixergy, where I interview entrepreneurs about how they built their businesses. And uh, joining me is a Mixergy fan, which I'm proud that you're listening, Davis. But I didn't realize that your current company, Printful, um, which allows people to create t-shirts and other products on demand, and then you'll even send it out for them. I didn't realize that this was born out of Startup Vitamins. I remember Startup Vitamins. You guys created these uh, posters and other things that were, that you basically, tell me if I'm wrong. I think you took some of Mark Zuckerberg's statements and some of the posters that he would have in, in uh, Facebook in the early days to motivate his people. And you said, let's make this type of thing available for everyone. And then startups would buy it. They'd keep it around on their desk for themselves, on their walls for their team. Am I right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, Facebook is um, very well known to have, you know, these simple yet inspirational posters around their offices. I actually visited their HQ once and they mm -hmm. had little small spaces of uh, seal screen stu studios where, you know, their employees could actually create these posters and paint them themselves and then post across the office. But the idea didn't came directly from Facebook. We used some Facebook uh, ideas, uh, uh, for uh, some Facebook quotes uh, that we sold, but uh, the idea came that, it, you know, we had recently moved offices. Uh, I'm from Riga, Latvia, so we moved offices in Riga, and the office space we moved in was it used to be a gallery, so you had a lot of wall space, had some art on it, and we wanted to turn it into proper tech company office, and, you know, we wanted to put things on walls that would resonate with our culture. So we were Googling around for tech uh, sayings, for inspirational startup quotes. And a lot of these were looking really old school, like those you know, 80s um, type of motivational posters. We wanted to give an updated version. So we picked about 10 quotes that resonated with us. And we had a designer design them. We uh, put up a Shopify store and bought a poster printer. Uh, because you're thinking, look, if we need this, other people need it too. Yeah. I, Printful was not my first uh, startup idea that I worked on. What was the Many first one idea. where you needed, where you had that blank wall that you needed posters for? Before we do that, let me, let me give you an introduction before we go into longer explanation. Davis Six Nouns, whose voice you heard, he is the founder of Printful. Like I said, they're an on-demand print and warehousing company. They're doing phenomenally well. I invited him here to talk about that, but I'm fascinated by his backstory. So we're going to get into that in this interview too. And I should say this interview is sponsored by two phenomenal uh, companies. Uh, the first, you already know, HostGator, great place to host your website. Go to hostgator.com slash Mixergy. The second, you don't know, and Davis, you don't know this. A lot of people say, Andrew, you do such a great job getting people to open up. How do you do it? And Unbound said, Andrew, we will pay you if you just write some kind of a guide and we'll give it out. I said, okay, great. So they bought ads just so I could write a guide to how I get people to have open conversations. And they put it up on unbounce.com slash Mixergy. Anyone who goes there right now can get this guide. You don't even have to give an email address. It's just Unbound saying, show people how you do it. And they're now a sponsor also. So Davis, let's go back. The Take me just to what was that business that you had where the wall was empty? And we'll do a little bit more backstory later, but what was that right. business? So we actually ran an incubator of sorts. It was several businesses in the same building. Okay. So so from an early age, I was interested in technology. So when I was about 13 or 14, I learned some coding and built websites, you know, for friends and, you know, got even somebody pay me to do that. But when I was 18, I joined... Um, 
um, at the time, the most prominent uh, IT company in Latvia. It was the social network called Drogen Vadelni. Uh, it means for friends in Latvia. They started in 2005. They took an idea from Friendster and just adapted and localized for the country of Latvia. Okay. And I joined them in 2009. But, you know, those guys who are also the co-founders in Printful, Lauris and Agris, um, and they didn't stop, but, you know, co-founding a social network in Latvia that did very well. You know, two years after that, they went to find other businesses. Um, one is called, for instance, MapOn, which is a car fleet management software for trucking companies and okay. many others. Was it uh, all? So you mentioned that this company, the the social network, was a take on Friendster, which was an early version of uh, Facebook, that type of social network. Were there other ideas also localized versions of what was working in Silicon Valley, or was it more original ideas? Some are original, some are localized okay. version. There was a localized version of Groupon. So at the time when Groupon went around and you know they had Groupon versions all over the world. So we actually built one uh, in Latvia. I didn't participate in. So initially I joined them on, on a social network in 2009. But right now, like we still list on the Printful's website on the bottom that we're part of Drogan Group. And Drogan Group has launched over a hundred business ideas over the course of, uh, you know, which is now 16 year history, all right? So I joined them uh, as when I was 18, I was an IT administrator. Uh, the company grew for about size of about 30 people. They needed somebody who can, you know, install printers and help non-tech folks in the office how to operate the, you know, their computers. And, you know, I was quickly noticed that I was able to, jump into IT project, man, uh, IT project manager role. And I initially worked on some ideas for the social network, like, you know, the messaging system, the gallery system, all things that you would expect in, yep. in the social network. But um, we always had many other ideas uh, beyond the social network. We never really focused on, on that. You know, one was the car fleet management software. There are several other businesses like vending machine telemetrics, I never worked on those, um, but the first other business besides social network that I worked on was friendlybracelets.com, which is customized friendship bracelets. The okay. business still exists, is it's not, you know, it's not part of Draugen Group anymore, but you know, it was sort of our, you know, an e-commerce business where we tried selling a product to American audience. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we learned a bunch of stuff that you know at the time, which was. 2010, 11, you needed the U.S. company to be registered. You know, a lot, a lot of uh, payments didn't go through. If, right. You know, you're an European entity. Um, so we, you know, we learned that we registered U.S. company. We signed up as Braintree, um, but the, that didn't came out of our idea. But there was one that did came. There was a time tracking application that's still around and actually during these COVID years have become you know more popular. It was called Vestime. It's okay. the time tracking application. Let me, for let me take a moment here. I just to come back yep. to your story. You're saying you were working with these uh, with these entrepreneurs. They just kept firing off ideas. Before I move on from there, was was this an effective way to to run a business? Could they operate everything from friendship bracelets to uh, car fleet management software to a social network and do it all well? Or was this just a learning process where they discovered that they needed to focus? Well, you know, when the, when we look back on it, so, you know, 
social network did well. And it was important for us to recognize that, you know, while we have are doing well, it is in, important to invest in new ideas and try other things. So actually the a lot of the team members who work social network worked on several businesses at once. At the time when we launched Printful, I was maybe running four to five different business ideas at the same time. You can argue whether it's effective or not, but you know, you know, we decide on which idea to focus based on whichever is growing faster. You know, whichever is you know having better revenue results just will have more my attention. Okay. So that's the way we basically did it. And you know, you have to launch many business ideas to find the one that works. And you know, Printful was so maybe six or six. But it seems so distracted to create so many companies. When I said that, you just kind of rolled your eyes and moved away. You don't agree with that, right? Why was it that you were able to, as a team, create so many companies that did well or that stood up where it's hard enough for most people to do one or two? Tell me what, what the yes. superpower I mean, was. A lot of, I mean, that's what I still struggle when talking, you know, some team members of Printfuls, where you talk to me about focus and focus all the time. And I mean, you know, there was probably the peak was that I was running six or seven business ideas. That was too much, but uh, I was able to juggle in four and five. The most important thing that out of those ideas, I learned valuable lessons that later contributed to the Printful success. And again, Printful's idea came directly from our need on starter vitamins. If we didn't do that, we would never arrive that, you know, that idea that ultimately was built into a hundred million dollar business. Yeah, how much Printful. how much revenue did you guys produce last year at Printful? Uh, we will run, you know, the audit numbers. We only release our revenue in May, so I can tell you, 19, uh, 2019 revenue, which was hundred and sixteen million. One hundred and sixteen million in twenty nineteen. Yes, it's fair to say that you're closer to two hundred million. That you're close to two hundred million for twenty twenty. Yeah. Okay. We, now, about 70 to 90% gross, we're still running the, in 2020, we're running the final numbers, but that's where you're roughly. Okay. Off. Let me, let me just pause in. So I see you're, you're in this place where you're a startup, you called it an incubator. I'm going to call it a machine. You're just cranking them out, right? You look at the wall and you say, I need something that motivates people. And I remember the old motivational posters. It would be the same old stock photography of like uh, six sled dogs and a saying underneath that looked uh, like right out of your dad's office. It said, if you're not the lead dog, the view is always the same. They thought they were being cute, right? But it, it lacked some, it, it lacked something. It felt old. Great. You say, we need something like that. And part of your belief that you you told our producer was, if we need it, let's make it for other people because they probably need it too, right? If here's a quote, if we can't find it, let's build it, which is quite a way to think. And so in order to do that, you needed, did you need a special printer or were you finding on-demand print companies that could do it for you and then resell that service for others? So posters is probably the easiest uh, print-on-demand product that you can, you know, sort of start in your own home. So Co-founder Lars, the same guy who co-founded the social network, lived in LA at the time. I, I studied in US, moved back by then, and he just bought a printer. Um, I think it came a little under 10,000 um, US dollars. So okay. he put it in the spare room in the home he was renting. So for posters, it's an ideal on-demand product. You just need paper and each you know, poster can be a unique item. It's easy. It's not the same thing for apparel. Okay, I get it. So we're gonna we're gonna step into your story this way. So he gets a pro a poster printer. You guys go. Was it to Shopify to set up your first store? Yeah. Uh, okay. Because we 
you know, at the time we learned from friendly bracelets that we built a custom e-commerce platform. It was cumbersome uh, and to maintain. And it's like, okay, we have this another idea. We're, we're, you know, we're cognizant of the fact that we're running like four or five different business ideas at the same time. Shopify was coming up at the time and, you know, it's just a faster way to launch that uh, business idea. What's one of the posters that you created back then as part of this original set? Well, the, the original set consisted the the most uh, popular poster and saying at the time and still is it's get shit done um, okay. and there were like nine others. Okay, so you got all nine. You put them up on a Shopify store. How did you get customers to come to your original poster store to buy posters from you? So I'm back then in 2011. Like for instance, already Facebook advertising was um, much cheaper. <laughs> So, you know, for all the businesses we launched and later Printful or before we always launch had some advertising budget. So uh, I was running probably a couple thousand dollars in ads. That was one way. But another aspect, you know, was, you know, commenting in forest posts about uh, motivational posters, making sure the SEO is right, you know, to rank really high on the simple Google um, search like motivational posters. Okay. You know, we, we did all those, but, you know, one of the, you know, points that really helped us, you know, being viral on Hacker News, I mean, we tried to get, go viral on Hacker News, the Y Combinator yep. uh, new stuff, but only Starter Vitamins did that. And, uh, and there was a couple of Twitter posts that went viral. Some people just really were really inspired by those quotes and uh, that brought a lot of sales. Because you were, well, what you did you have quotes by famous Silicon Valley people? Yep. You did. And so that helps them kind of their their brand was big within a small community. And you were able to kind of piggyback off their brand without having to pay them to put their their quote and their likeness on your poster, right? It was the it was it was a virtuous cycle where you were helping them build their brand, they were helping you sell your posters, right? Yeah, yeah, and then we had some uh, people endorse, you know, or uh, using their sayings on on posters, like and then promote them for free, which was great. Who who do you remember working with? Uh, I, I believe, uh, you know, uh, uh, Levy from Box.com. He Aaron, uh, he, Aaron, you know, he that we had some of these quotes. Uh, he you know posted those. Uh, Basecamp guys. Uh, yeah, Jason how did Jason Fried? Fried? I see you've got rework Jason Fried, David Hanmeyer, Hansen on one of the first uh, home pages. They were okay with you using their likeness. They didn't have a problem with it. We, you know, they actually did uh, an interview with uh, co-founders, and uh, not on Startup Vitamins, but just on the, on the fact that the way we run business. Uh, for instance, you know, they are. You mean they you know, interviewed they, you? Yeah, uh, one on. Not them specifically, but one of the employees who worked. You know, mm-hmm. they run a they run at a blog topic around bootstrap businesses, and Printful is bootstrap, and all other Rogue businesses except one has been bootstrap. So they really okay. like that. And it was called probably- uh, Bootstrap Profitable and Proud. Was a series they did on it, and then they also hired great podcasters over at Basecamp to uh, to do an interview series based on their philosophy. Okay, so this thing was growing really well. At your height, how much money were you making with Startup Vitamins, printing up posters and related products? You know, it was uh, seasonal. So most of the sales went in the Q4. I think the best months we did about $90,000 in top line revenue. Um, okay, that was profit, how month. much? 
I don't know. Roughly. <laughs> what are we, are we talking about anything meaningful for your life? 20,000, 10,000? Or by then? We, it, we, it you know, we, we reinvested all back into the business. So, okay. but, you know, when we were launching these businesses, uh, we basically formed one company, one LLC. LLC. We called it Idea Bits. And all, we put like five different businesses in it. Like there was Best Time, there was Friendly Bracelets, there was Star Vitamins, there was another poster site called Be Happy Me, and there was Printful. It was very difficult to run financials at the time. We, we just know that, you know, either way we had money left over the months or not. So I don't know how much uh, profit there was. We knew that, you know, if we sold the mug for for instance like for $16 it cost us to you know 5 or $6 to make we should be okay okay how do you then go from posters to what became printful so we were focusing and uh, working hard on starter vitamins because out of those businesses it was doing the the best and startup vitamins biggest- was doing the best out of all the businesses well, besides the social network and Carfleet, that, but, you know, because th- there were other guys running those. So the drugging group works in a way that, you know, each of these projects had its own management. We okay. shared employees, we shared finance. So we saved money by that, that, you know, finance was shared, accounting was shared, we shared some legal resources. It just helped in starting businesses because a lot of resources were shared. I could borrow developers and designers from other companies. You can, you know, sense why it was difficult to make out, you know, whether we were that. profitable. What, what about ownership not. though, Davis? Do you own, how much of Startup Vitamins do you get to own if you're running it? How much of Printful do you get to own if you're running it? Well, initially we were running all in one company. Later we did separate it, you know, out of the, you know, we called it Idea Bits LLC and that company later became Printful Inc. Um, so we didn't bother too much with ownership at the time. Later we formalized it. You know, I'm not at liberty to disclose that, but, you know, later we figured it out. Initially, you personally have no. more than 25% of Printful? I, I mean, I can't. You can't say even that. say that. Are you an employee with with uh, uh, with stock and options as part of your compensation, yeah, or yeah. you are? I mean, as a CEO, obviously, I have a vested interest, but I, I can't say how much. Okay, I'm <laughs> I'm with you then. Um, talk to me then about the first thing that you needed that you couldn't print at home uh, in the garage right. or wherever you were printing with that. So posters were beautiful, uh, easy to do, but the biggest category in terms of, you know, physical products sold in internet is apparel. And we wanted to offer these quotes on apparel items. And we were looking how to do apparel in the same way we did posters on demand. And, uh, you know, we thought that, you know, you have to buy equipment, buy stock in bulk, and it's going to cost a lot of money. We just didn't want to do that. We just didn't have also space for that in a co-founder's home that he was renting out in LA. So we found that there's companies are, who can do that print on demand. That, so the, we didn't meant print on demand for our paddle. So that concept did exist out there. Uh, we tried one company uh, that uh, looked like it was doing what we needed. But they had a clunky website built on top of WordPress. Uh, they it was behind the scenes was a mom and pops printing store. So they were kind of, you know, graduating from this local printing company to starting to offer these services on the internet. There were no integration with Shopify. You know, each order we received in Shopify had to be manually entered into their system. Uh, they were using some of the older generation direct to garment print on demand printers. 
Um, they took a long time to fulfill orders. Their customer service was subpar. So all of that, you know, just kind of proved that we can sell some shirts with them. Uh, it works. Star Vitamins customers like buying a paddle, but the, you know, the whole offering that they did was flat, uh, flawed. You know, we felt that we can do it much better, and that inspired the, us to start Printful because we knew that we need to make a print-on-demand service that would integrate with backends like Shopify, which we were running on a time. And we can also know that we can buy better printers with the newest generation. We will have great customer service. You know, we're gonna fulfill products faster, et cetera. So we're just gonna do everything, uh, you know, see some of these other companies did, but like 10 times better. So we, you know, just made it the, the service way better. And it goes back to your idea that if we can't find it, then why don't we build it? Other people will need it. And one of the key ideas that you wanted was, hey, we could sum it all up by modernizing print on demand, but it seems like one of the key ideas was API and speed, right? API, you're nodding, is so that people can get their uh, print requests in in an automated way and speed so that it would feel almost like... Um, well, be as instantaneous as possible, almost like they had inventory, but not having to carry inventory. Now, a printer for posters is pretty easy. A printer for t-shirts is harder. How much did it cost you to get that printer? So the initial uh, printer was $35,000 uh, that we bought. We At that moment, we moved out of co-founders home. We rented a garage in Burbank. Uh, to have put that printer, we had to have you know blank stock and some other stuff. Um, so yeah, thirty five thousand dollars. You know, it's uh, now in retrospect, it looks cheap to me because the latest printers we're buying is you know way ahead of those. We're buying them at five hundred thousand a piece these days. All right, let me take a moment to talk about quickly about Unbounce um, and what they're doing with me. They noticed that, like I said before, that I have had over 2000 conversations online, obviously many more uh, beyond it. And they said, you're taking notes about how you get people to open up, how you have interesting conversations. Can you just put in a guide? I did. If you're listening to me and you say, I'd like to use some of Andrew's techniques, here's what you do. Not requesting price, not requesting email address, nothing. You just go to unbounce.com slash Mixergy. You'll get this whole guide. You'll see, um, Davis, if you read it, you'll immediately see that on page six is the thing that I said to you before we started any of this conversation to set the conversation right. I don't want to give it away because I want people to understand how I'm using these uh, techniques within context. All you have to do is go to unbounce.com slash Mixergy. Unbounce, of course, is the site that you create quick landing pages with. That's what they did to when I wrote this up in um, Apple pages, because I like their design, they just took it and they put it up on one of their quick landing pages. Go get it, unbounce.com slash Mixergy. I wonder why they're doing that, Davis. I think what they want is just their name mentioned. They don't really even want a direct lead, but I would have loved for them to have captured email addresses and then follow up. Every sponsor is different. Okay, the printer how big are we talking about? How many different uh, T-shirts can it create, the first one? So we're using the Brother uh, brand printers. Uh, you know, Brother had a T-shirt printer? Yeah, well, the company Brother has yeah. both office printers and T-shirt printers. Uh, uh, but, you know, it's right now there's other companies who focus on this as well. But, yeah, Brother is the one that we picked. Um, it, it's relatively small, you know, you can put it in a garage, but it, you will struggle with, um, you know, massive scale uh, production. You know, we, so brother printers worked for us for two years, but 
um, when you print a lot of t-shirts, uh, even though the printer itself is probably like um, eight feet wide, uh, the new ones are like, a, you know, a car sized. Um, it, that that it, first it, one that you had though, I'm imagining it's something where someone on your team would have to take the t-shirt that was ordered, put it on the printer, hit the button, have it come out and then put it in a box and ship. Is that how it worked? Uh, roughly. However, with the apparel print, the important thing is you need to apply a special liquid on a on apparel before you print it. And afterwards, you needed to dry it. So that was a wow. problem also with brother printers that they didn't have this fully integrated setup. So the next ones we bought is Cornet, which started at $200,000. Now we're up to $500,000 a piece. They have the liquid application integrated. They still need to be dried, but you know you can run it much massively scale. But yes, you know behind each uh, on-demand apparel uh, T-shirt print, there's somebody physically taking a shirt and loading it on the pallet. Okay, and then the API. What was one of the integrations that you had that made it interesting? So the, the day we launched, we had API. So yes, that was one of the main insights that we felt that you know we can modernize the print on-demand with. Um, the first integration with Shopify, uh, I still remember that uh, when we integrated with Shopify, they were a private company. They were, hadn't yet gone public. Uh, I remember they went public, like I think a year later at $2.5 billion, and now over $100 billion. But when we integrated, so uh, Shopify had 100,000 active stores on their platform. And we were one of those stores, Star Vitamins. We felt, oh, this is a great way to you know, offer this service to similar um, online stores. And Shopify had a good app store, probably still is one of the best app stores for e-commerce platforms. And you know, that was one of the key marketing channels, how to get the printful service uh, in front of the you know, store owners. Uh, you know, we were one of the first print-on-demand service, if not the first. I checked uh, today, uh, for the last seven years, we're still one of the most installed apps on the Shopify App Store. If you go on Shopify App Store, there's now 5,000 apps, and uh, we're the second most installed uh, app that is uh, not built by Shopify wow. themselves. So top 10 uh, but most What I'm imagining app. is, I'm trying to understand then, what, what were you taking? It was somebody would have an account on Printful, and then as soon as money came into their store from Shopify, would you automatically get paid and then automatically have the, uh, the t-shirt size, the t-shirt color and the t-shirt art get right. sent to you? That's what it was? So, you know, the Shopify founders are software engineers uh, and their API is very solid. Uh, so it was easy to integrate with that. So we get all the information about the product order. What is also important, the way it currently works, you know, you, you know, connect the two systems. Uh, but, you know, we basically log in with Shopify, log in in Printful. You can create new listings from the Printful system. They will create a new listing on Shopify's front end. But each time you sell a thing uh, on Shopify, we receive, you know, all the order uh, information about order, what was ordered, you know, what particular shirt size, et cetera, it is. But there's a different transaction that happens in the Printful system. So the one transaction that our customer, the seller, is disconnected from the one on Printful. Those are two separate uh, transactions. So if somebody sells something at $25, I pay Printful, for instance, $12, and the, you know, the, the delta is their profit. Okay. 
this was the, you did it for yourselves. You had the t-shirts up and running. You went to the Shopify store. You said anyone can integrate now and have their own t-shirts up and running, right? T-shirts was the first thing. The first month you told our producer $800 in sales. It was like, it took off right from the beginning, right? Yeah. Besides Shopify, the first uh, channel that we promoted was Startup Vitamins customers. Again, one of the benefits of having these multiple ideas at the same time, we emailed all the uh, mailing list of the uh, Startup Vitamins users saying, hey, there's now a new service called Printful. It allows you to launch a niche online store just like Startup Vitamins, but with your unique flavor, your unique idea. Just pick something else. Um, we, we run on, we have started vitamins run on Printful, go check it out. And, you know, go, you went on about us page on Printful, you saw the same guys running that system. And anyone who's in the startup vitamins mailing list is on, is an entrepreneur or entrepreneurial. And they then see the possibility of creating a product for sale without having to buy it ahead of time. So you get a lot of the, um, you get a lot of the entrepreneurs converting. You get a lot of the people who just want to add T-shirts to their existing stores converting. Got it, and that's why that's that's where you got your customers from there. And also, the Shopify app marketplace is really good because it's got store owners who are looking for no, new features and new ways to generate revenue. Am I right? Yeah, correct. Yeah, we a good okay. audience with the Star Vitamins was, was also the good audience with the Shopify and some other integrations that we launched launched later on. Our second one was WooCommerce. All right. Speaking of WooCommerce, let me take a moment, talk about my second sponsor. And I want to throw this idea for you. HostGator, hosting what? Costs less than five bucks a month. WooCommerce free on top of of the HostGator package, right? Tell me if this is a great idea, Davis. Rip Davis off. This is my whole idea. Somebody in our audience can go and do this. They go to HostGator. They set up a hosting site. Maybe they call it, uh, they need a different word like startup hustle and grind or whatever.com. Then they go and they find the top tweets that Naval has, you know, Naval Ravikant, the co-founder of AngelList, because he always writes short, pithy things, right? Then they go to founder on Instagram, you know, founder without the ER at the end. And and they see what their top quotes are because all they do on Instagram is, is uh, get quotes from founders. Then they see what latest batshit crazy thing Elon Musk tweeted out. And they take all those ideas. They go to a designer that they get somewhere online and they say, turn this into t-shirts. Give me a poster. Give me something people can put on their desk like a mug. And then they've got this thing. And now they, they go and they tweet this out. And then maybe the next thing that goes. So first of all, that helps them get customers, right? They create an Instagram account with nothing but uh, photos of what they've created or these crazy quotes. What do you think so far? I'm watching you smile. You kind of like this idea almost too much, right? I mean, we have many customers who are, you know, tapping into vital, um, you know, ideas like that. I mean, uh, you know, a couple of days ago was the Bernie Sanders uh, appearance in operation. Yes. Yeah. So that was that was all over designs as well. Uh, today it's GameStop. I think Game Stunks or something. You know what Elon Musk tweeted today? It's it's a design on a T-shirt already, and we're printing it. Because Elon Musk said, "Go and take a look at how game go." Like he referred people back to um, what was it? The Reddit, the subreddit for stock traders who are just uh, in it for the lulls. Got it. So you're saying there are already people who do this who pick up on memes. Is there room for somebody to do this for nothing but the startup ecosystem? Here's what I'm thinking about. Memes are great. You definitely want to capture those. I'm thinking about 
the ego of the entrepreneur who now gets to see that people are making t-shirts for them. And I, and I think about Sam Puri, the, the investor who's now part of um, the hustles podcast. He's been doing some really interesting things. He likes when people pump up his personality. Um, I think uh, Jason Calacanis from the all in podcast. He has a few of his uh, angel investor friends on and they just chat and they allow their fans to go and create t-shirts. They might tweet it out. If you take something that they said last week and then, make it into a t-shirt and they say, Jason, you did this to us. Now everyone's got this t-shirt. Meanwhile, they're not upset. They're actually promoting. Do you think this is a viable idea for somebody to create with nothing but a host gator package and a printful account? You know, unless they try it, they will never know. But uh, I mean, we, I think that one of the good ideas was that particular idea is that, you know, it deals with people who usually are active and engaged in social media, et cetera. You know, the people you mentioned, they are tweeting out regularly. So for instance, we had customers who are also very successful with dog content. I mean, internet is full of uh, pages dedicated to funny dogs doing stuff. And we have several customers who are just uh, successful in that niche because, you know, people are crazy about dogs. You know, they would, you know, happily spend money on- uh, You're saying, I'm overthinking it. Just dog site might be enough. Yeah, we have. We give me one that's a give me one site. that's a stealable idea. Obviously, you never know something's going to work until you do it. Right now, somebody's listening. They say, "Give me something to do this weekend. I'm going to sit and get this done, and I'm not going to be done with my weekend until I uh, until I create the site." What's a printful and hostgator idea that they could launch? Go ahead, Davis. So for you, it was natural to up in the startups, right? So somebody needs to think of an idea that audience they know and understand really well. So for us, when you launched our vitamins, we were in the startup game every day. So it was natural for us. So an idea like that, just think of, you know, which audience, you know, and where, you know, where you hang out, where they hang out. We had people, I had people who talked to me and, you know, they're vegans and they, they, they passionate about it. They know vegans are passionate online and stuff. So they launched an online store and designs just dedicated to that audience. Okay. So, and then where, where do they get their, where do they get their customers then? Go back to you know, the audience. Uh, How some of, some of the folks already just ran um, Instagram accounts. They run Reddit's or you know communities. Um, you know initially posting free content, then just you know once in a while they were posted that you can buy this on on a t-shirt design. So this, uh, we have customers who run just popular dog Instagrams, for instance, and then they just sell t-shirts on the side. All right. Whether it's that idea or something else, if you want to get your website up and running fast, you go to hostgator.com slash Mixergy and they will give you an even lower price than they already do. And Davis, here's what I like about it. Every other hosting package, every time you come up with a new freaking idea, you have to pay again for more hosting. And meanwhile, it's just a freaking idea that came to you in the middle of the night. It's not worth paying for all these different ideas. It's a, it's it's an obstacle. What I love about Hostgator is you pay once, they got a package where they'll give you unlimited domains. Just buy the domain or create the subdomain for free. And suddenly any idea you come up with in the middle of the night is, is there. Maybe it's like combination of everything you mentioned right now, right? Bernie dogs in startups, or how about it's just startup dogs, or I don't know what it is. You put it up, you see how it goes. In fact, once you have a design, you just copy the design, put it up on the new site and you're up and running. That's what I love about HostGator. Every other freaking hosting company that I see, every other way of doing it means you have to pay for every new idea. And when you're just paying, when you're just coming up with ideas, it's like, it's it's a bigger obstacle than it seems. It's like having to pay for a piece of paper every time you want to jot something down. It's just not worth it. Go to HostGator.com slash Mixergy. 
All right, Davis, you're up and running. Your first customers, you told me where they came from. Talk to me about how you started getting into um, SEO. You were always good about that. What are some of the SEO things that you did in the beginning that worked? Yeah, I was uh, also, you know, looking at some of our data, more than 80% of our traffic goes organic. The traffic we don't pay for. Um, so I was the first SEO guy at the company. Luckily, we hired new ones and we have a large team as well. Uh, but, you know, in our instance, it's obviously the basics. You need to focus on what's your niche. For us, it's print on demand. So one of our goals is to dominate that name on all search engines. Um, something that was very good for us from the beginning as well, and why it's good to be, you know, available in e-commerce app stores out there is that once you post an app on Shopify or have a plugin on WooCommerce or BigCommerce, uh, you have a link on their sites. And Shopify is, a, you know, a top ranked page. And if they link to your page, your page is going to, um, you know, by association, rank as well. So initially, some of the uh, initial years at Printful, while I was still doing SEO myself, I was just trying to get our um, link to our homepage at as many um, sites that are top ranked by Google as possible. So in Shopify, we got an app store, but for them, it's also, they wrote a lot of content about how to start print on demand stores. So we ranked on their blog as well. We did content exchanges um, with them. And since then we had 20 different e-commerce integrations, both marketplace and um, platforms. And, you know, we tried to repeat the models, each one of them. And, you know, that really greatly contributed to our SEO ranking. Of because course, every marketplace not, is another link back to your site and every marketplace is another set of customers that they're bringing over. You were saying, of course, not everyone, I, I'm assuming you're saying, of course, not everyone is as big as Shopify. Yeah, not, not everyone's as big as Shopify, but you know, one is getting people to link to you. Another other aspect is, also, of course, hiring content marketers that uh, we, that, those were some of the first hires as well. When we started, we had me, we had one, des one designer, one developer, and one content marketer. You know, sometimes when people start a new business, they don't have a marketer uh, from the day one. Each businesses that we started, you know, even before Printful, we always had a marketer from day one. And that marketer did initially everything. He did emails, but also write blog posts. And I, you know, I spent a lot of time initially trying to uh, teach that marketer about how to write SEO-friendly content, how to write about, right, wow. write not always things that sound great, but things that, you know, are going to resonate with search engines and talking a language that people use while Googling. Um, I'm talking, talking very simplistic terms, but again, SEO and some of the content marketing things were easier, um, you know, seven years ago than it is today. Um, but, um, those things, uh, they worked. And again, the same thing that we did for starter vitamins, when we went on Quora, we went on other forums, uh, to post about our stuff, uh, that stuff worked. What about the article that you had in TechCrunch? Did that send you eyeballs or customers? Well, it, it, it was an SEO thing. It was uh, send us customers and traffic. We definitely saw a TechCrunch bump in Google Analytics. Uh, again, we couldn't have gotten that article if we didn't have starter vitamins before. Again, another instance why it's important to have those. Uh, um, what do you mean? You know, how did the start of vitamins are? How did the start of vitamins business help Printful get credibility with TechCrunch? 
or get a write-up well, in TechCrunch. TechCrunch writes about startups, right? So uh, same as you, you asked, said you didn't know that we were involved with Startup Wine. I mean, Startup Wine is already popular. You know, those posters were in all the big tech companies. By the time, you know, Apple, Google, uh, Facebook, etc., had bought them. So TechCrunch was aware of the brand. Apple bought so, the posters that you made to put in their Apple in their office? Every every company you can think of. We What's have, the coolest place that you saw it, that you saw one of your posters? Um, you know, obviously it's all the tech companies. So Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, Microsoft, Apple, Google many times over. But probably uh, the coolest things that our uh, posters and items ended up in Congress. We had uh, some offices of uh, House of Representatives to buy uh, some mugs. That was cool uh, to follow that. And one representative even used the Starter Wineman's poster to make a point on podium in a healthcare.gov um, uh, you know, Hearing. session that had about oh, what this. was the poster that he used? It was the Steve Jobs uh, uh, quote, I believe. It's not done until it ships. Mm. Or, I believe that one was, but basically to you know illustrate the point that they. I guess shouldn't have shipped the the healthcare.gov or the quality was not on par. So he went and bought a poster from you just so he could make that point. I see. Yeah, uh, it was a large poster. You just keep just. I mean, I guess that's what Congress people sometimes do. They bring a large illustration to make their point. I'm looking at some of the stuff that you have on your site. Uh, one is less talk, more hustle. The other is life is short. Do stuff that matters. Then you've got a big poster that says experiment, fail, learn, repeat. Right. This is the type of thing that we're talking about. The the hustler startup mentality put on posters and mugs and everything else. All right. Uh, I see how the company's growing. What am I what do I make of the fact that when I go to similar web, it's not Shopify that seems to be the number one source of traffic. It's Wix. Why is Wix so popular? Why are you guys so popular on, on Wix? Well, Wix is one of the, our latest integrations. Uh, we integrated uh, well, a, year, a little more than a year ago right now. But uh, the, the main difference with Wix versus Shopify is that Wix is out of Israel and they're more international than some of the other players in the industry. They're available in more languages. That's something in Printful has also uh, been focusing more recently. Uh, I never thought that there's so much traffic outside of English uh, until we did translate the website ourselves. So I, I would assume that's the case. You know, Wix is just uh, available in more languages. So that's why they have more traffic. All right. You then start building more warehouses everywhere, right? You start going to, um, what was the first place beyond um, California where you opened up a warehouse? It was in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, you know, in e-commerce business, it's important to get stuff to your customers. And most of the people live on East Coast or, you know, middle of U.S. So we had to go across the country in, in Charlotte. What was it like to go and open up uh, a new warehouse there, new operations? It's more than a warehouse because it's printing and warehousing and shipping, the whole thing, right? What was yeah, your process? I mean, well, we had moved uh, three facilities in LA before that. We were tired of moving. Each move kind of disrupted our customers. And uh, we needed. We knew that we need to build something entirely new in Charlotte. Well, we had some of the employees from LA to transfer over to Charlotte. Some were enticed by the fact that, you know, it was a new beginning. We can build uh, new processes in a much bigger facility. It was three times larger. Uh, cost of living was favorable and still is uh, Charlotte compared to LA. Um, we just moved some of the employees over, started the new, um, and 
you know, built out there. And from there, we have built six other locations. And then COVID hits and your whole plan of going out, taking your team to build the new location just out the window, right? What happened when COVID hit? Well, when COVID initially hit, it was a shock and uh, e-commerce businesses initially saw a decrease, including Printful. Uh, it was an initial shock. I guess people bought, um, you know, the items of first need initially, only then Food, refocused. But buying. Yeah, there was that period where I think around March, maybe April, we were all watching what we spent our money on because we thought financially we're all doomed. And then when we right. realized we couldn't go into stores to buy, but there's still things we needed and maybe we wanted to have some fun, we went online and bought. And so e-commerce took a dip and then it jumped up, right? That's what happened in your business? Same. We took a dip. Uh, we didn't know how. We just saw skyrocketing downwards. We didn't know when it's going to stop. We said, okay, let's freeze hiring. We froze some of the things. In retrospect, we should have them done because the upward, the trajectory after that initial dip was tremendous. Uh, unlike we ever seen before. For instance, for Q4 push, we uh, we plan months in advance uh, uh, in shifts and equipment and et cetera that we're going to do. When COVID hit, we didn't have that advantage. So we were overrun with orders and we fought these backlogs and in increasing uh, our capacity for several months. We got back on track uh, uh, only by July, August, from April to July, August, we were, we had to do some of the things that we never done. We actually had to limit our customers. We were, our marketing team was doing anti-marketing. Uh, how are we going to, you know, manage our order volumes? So that's one of the challenging things about our business model. It's not just installing or, you know, turning on your um, servers on Amazon Web Services. These are actual people and warehouses that we have to run. And all in the middle of pandemic, when there's socially distancing and the mask and everything needs to take place. You actually had government representatives coming into your space to make sure that everyone was socially distanced while they were printing, right? Yeah, um, we actually had uh, closed our LA facility for good for a while in, in the first initial lockdown. Um, then LA County announced that uh, masks will be mandatory, and we uh, and that's an essential product that should be should be available. So we just started producing masks. Oh, for, that's why that if you that if you had just stuck with T-shirts and the other products that you had, they wouldn't have let you open up. But because you were creating masks, they let you open. Yes, we had the uh -huh. LAPD come in a while ago. They checked out that we are mostly making masks. They allowed us to run t-shirt production on the side as well. But yeah, those initial days, uh, we were focusing masks and we were not the only ones. Several apparel production companies did the same thing. <laughs> it was essential product. Right, right. You got to figure out how you could survive in all these different areas. Um, you also opened up, didn't you open up a facility somewhere where you couldn't even show up for the first time and you had to somehow remotely tell them how to set it up? Or were yes. you allowed to go? Uh, so we were, you know, before COVID, we had plans to open up in Canada. And, um, you know, the borders between Canada and the U.S. is still, you know, closed uh, unless you go through 14-day isolation. So uh, we basically did all the hiring remotely. We had visited the facility once, but we just basically trusted the people we hired there remotely. They were given the keys to the facility and, you know, we had to 
teach them how to run and set up all these printers remotely. Um, I think since starting in Canada, we only once brought an employee over to Canada uh, who went through the 14-day isolation. Wow. But somehow we managed to open up and start. And our how? Canadian what worked for you for doing that? Sorry? How were you able to do that? What worked? Well, I mean, we just had calls and uh, we had to, you know, do what we could. I mean, a lot of videos, we send over to the team videos, how we produce t-shirts in some of these other facilities. Um, and we had suppliers to go over who had to install some of the printing equipment. So they, you know, gave them, um, you know, a little, uh, you know, how to run these printers, et cetera, on site when we couldn't. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, we, of course, we need to still need to bring somebody over to Canada ASAP, but uh, we don't know when it's gonna, when that's going to be. And, you know, we had just have to deal with the situation we had. We had a similar thing in Spain as well, where we, you know, we were right in the moment we wanted to open. And then the, the first lockdown in Spain, the government said nobody can work, no matter what you produce. All the business had to be closed. So we you know, stay, stayed in stalemate for a month until the, you know, the cases subsided and manufacturing was allowed. So it feels like, except for that little, not little, but it was difficult part in uh, early 2020 because of COVID, this was a fairly easy, straightforward business for you. I'm not seeing any major setbacks, any major challenges over the years. Well, scaling operations is definitely the most challenging thing, but you know, there's not not anything major that uh, you know we kept really you know nicely growing um, each year. We you know launched new facilities, new products. Uh, each year we got better at preparing for you know Q4 holiday um, push, but. Yeah, I guess, you know, you can call it a straightforward, uh, straightforward way, but it took seven years to, you know, get to the level we are at. And the big insight that I'm taking away from you is, first of all, do a lot of projects to see what works, right? You had everything from friendship bracelets to print operations, right? Then when you find something that works, go all in on it. You're not spending time on, you're not even spending time on uh, startup vitamins because Printful is soaking up every bit of your energy. Am I right? Correct. The next thing that That's I'm taking correct. away from you is. But, if but you here's, can, I, I want to highlight that, you know, last month we started Printful bits though. Uh, and we're, we're starting, uh, you know, I, Printful came out with idea bits. Last month we started Printful bits. So we're launching a couple of new business ideas. Again, times are good at Printful. We now have the money and resource to invest in something new. I hired somebody uh, in an IT project man role, which is basically me, you know, 10 years ago. And I'm giving him a couple of new projects. And he's What's Printful try bits? Basically new project ideas, just like the way Printful came out. We have a couple of software ideas that uh, uh, is probably going to come out of the tools that we purposely built for Printful's growth. Like what? You know, well, we, you know, we built a tool to ma manage, uh, you know, lunches for our employees, access control to our facilities, um, you know, a tool to help Printful be translated into several languages. Okay. Um, so tools like that, you know, See, each tool that we kind of explore whether that can be its own independent product. The same sort of when Amazon, you know, builds something for themselves. They believe that if you externalize the product and make it available for everywhere, it's gonna, you know, be it's in competition is gonna go and get better. So, you know, the same as Amazon Web Services. Initially, it was built for Amazon.com, then they just made it available for everybody else. So, similar ideas with some of the new projects that we have. In Got it. Bits. And then that's the other thing that I'm seeing that 
if there's something that you can't find and you need it for yourself, don't just build it for yourself. Find a way to create it for others and sell to them. For example, you wanted posters that were motivational, but also were in keeping with the startup like ethos and the the vibe. And so you can find it. You said, we're going to create it. You wanted an easy way to print t-shirts on demand. You couldn't find it through API. You said, we're going to create it. And the same thing uh, is still true today. And so those are the big takeaways that I've got from the Printful story, right? Am I missing yes. anything big? I mean, there's probably some, several other lessons. I mean, there's a, you know, I'm Latvian, I'm international. So probably for your audience doesn't come naturally, but for those people who are listening to internationally, what was key for us is also hiring native speakers, you know, having spent uh, an exchange year in US uh, university, I get to know like native speakers, American Latvians that were some of the key um, initial team members in our marketing team. And so what I see sometimes some of these companies out of Europe and elsewhere where they're failing, they build great products, but uh, their copy is not convincing. Right. And, you know, and, but for Printful, we never, you know, we always didn't shine away with the fact that, you know, half of the company was in LA, another one in Europe, in Riga, Latvia. But when you went on the website, if it didn't matter for you, it felt like, oh, great, this English works perfectly. This is American English. So... We hired people who knew how to write in American English and we created a lot of content, which because SEO is one of the our gross uh, engines. I'm surprised by how companies that are so strong everywhere else minimize the importance of good localized English. And I think the best example of that is you'll go to Amazon, you'll see products with thousands of reviews that are really good, but the English is a little bit off, you know, where it's things that are usually not supposed to be pluralized with an S will have an S at the end because the standard way to do it is to add an S to anything that you want to pluralize. And I feel like they, they miss some credibility. Obviously anyone who's got thousands of reviews is not hurting that much, but it hurts a little bit. The smaller companies that create great products that don't invest a little bit in a, in a local writer, I think are suffering. And I imagine now that Printful is going international, that's something that you keep in mind too, that you want to make sure that the same thing holds true for other, other countries, other languages. Yes. Uh, for uh, other languages, we, you know, we, we, you know, we have both in-house content marketers who are native speakers. Like we never launch a new language without having, you know, strong, um, you know, speakers of that particular language in-house. Again, because we want to be, you know, sound very natural in that uh, language. Um, and it needs, it deals with, you know, credibility and trustworthiness. When we launched, when nobody knew what Printful was, uh, I was focused on that. You know, I've read blog posts, you know, what elements on your site uh, are important that it builds trust with whoever is browsing your website. One instance, of course, is not having mistakes in, in your lang language. Mm -hmm. But other aspects, you know, you know, others linking to you, like Shopify gave us credibility, you know, having a jobs page, even in your footer is giving a credibility to the company. Hey, this company has a jobs page and they're hiring, then, Ooh, you know, must be. Yeah, I never even thought of that. that. Right. Ah, yeah. that makes sense. What else? Give me another credibility uh, marker that we wouldn't have thought oh. of. Uh, you know, not using stock imagery, which is, which is basic as well. We, you know, I had a discussion with the new uh, Printful Bit guy as well. I said, just don't you, I mean, I'm not going to allow you to use stock imagery. I mean, it's sometimes faster, but it's just going to destroy your credibility. No There's got to be a you. service that will go and take the photos that you need for you so that it's not stock, but it's almost as fast. 
Yes, but I mean, these days, you know, iPhone camera and, you know, if you're shooting your you know, pictures yourself as an iPhone camera, it's probably going to be better than, you know, buying professional Im- images from somebody else. Right. So, you know, we, when we, when we did stuff, we, you know, we did everything ourselves and it felt natural. We never shied away from where we are, where we were. We, you know, always had contact pages. This is our location. We, you know, put, you know, pictures of our fulfillment centers and, and offices. We were open and transparent about it to make sure that this is a real company behind the scenes running yeah. it. There's real people, the real machines. And and I think that trust was one of the, you know, things that helped us grow. All right. One of the things you told our producer was you guys are going to go public. You're aiming to go public with an IPO at some point, right? Or SPAC, I guess, at this point is the alternative. These days. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. When do you yeah. think... When? Yeah. Well, it has to it basically deals with all the regulations we have to pass through. I mean, I was having that discussion today as well with our head of finance, and we have IPO books to study. Um, but one of the you know things that is blocking us to do it immediately was the SPAC. We actually looked at SPACs mm-hmm. uh, earlier this year. Uh, we thought it's gonna, you know, it is an easier way to go public, but mm-hmm. you still need to fulfill all the obligations that that exchange, like Nasdaq and New York Stock Exchange, puts in you. All the, you know, SEC rules, etc. We just don't have the processes for all that in place. Some of those processes, I think, is gonna slow us down. I'm conscious about it, but it's fine. You know, the benefits of public markets. But you know, in essence, we're still building out our accounting and financial systems to be you know, on the level that public markets require us, that we can report, you know, results on time perfectly each time. We're not there yet. Yeah, you did say that you had your financials audited, which is a good indication that you're getting ready to do it. Are you profitable now? Uh, yeah, we've been profitable every year since we've been. I imagined. And do you think that you'll ever say, we're going to create our own stores. Why should somebody who's selling nothing but our products go to Shopify and create their own experience? Why don't we just start competing with them? Well, you know, having ability to create your own, like, no, we had, you know, even had discussions with that. Again, we integrated 20 platforms. We benefit way more with having great relationship mm. with the platform builders and, you know, we, we're, we're not going to be able to create a better platform than Shopify has. An instance, like, why would somebody, you know, you know, pay us to do that? Uh, I'll tell you why, because they don't want to pay you. It's just all they're doing is the listing their own stuff. Like, you know, I yeah. thought that, you know, sometimes the limiting factor was that you have to pay for Shopify, but WooCommerce is free, you know, with WordPress, right. with HostGator, as you said, it's, it's a, you know, entry level is there is very little. And it's just to call another set of features that we need to build that, the it doesn't seem like the right way. You know, we benefit way more with just having integrations with them and having a win-win relationship with them uh, with these platform owners than building something ourselves. We're, you know, focusing on things that are more core to our business, which is building uh, software that helps us design beautiful graphics, you know, around designing. So we're designing more stuff. If anything, we would be competing more with, you know, uh, companies like canva.com than right. you know, e-commerce companies. All right. The website for anyone who wants to go check it out is printful.com. And I want to thank the two sponsors who made this interview happen. The first, if you're kind of curious about trying this and like we just said, like David's just said, it's free to do WooCommerce. You need somebody to host your site. We'll use HostGator for a couple of bucks a month. Actually, if it's an ad, I should be clear. It's not just a couple. It's not just two, but it's, it's I think about five bucks a month 
you'll get up and running with their site. Do what I did. Um, I host with HostGator. I think you should too. And you can take the ideas that we kicked off here in this interview or any other ideas to hostgator.com slash Mixergy and get their absolute lowest price and great service. And I want to thank Unbounce for encouraging me to start writing. If you want to see what I've written about how I get people to have open, meaningful conversations, go to unbounce.com slash Mixergy. Davis, thanks so much. Thank you.